just do it, which is like very cliche, but you need to take charge, take action, and you need to actively pursue something, but it be aligned with whatever you want to do or find interesting. So explore curiosity and do it. If you want to learn how to swim, get in the water. Welcome to the 22nd episode of the In Full Effect podcast. Today we're back again at Lebron East because it's just so awesome here. Today we have our special guest Chris, Chris Nguyen, all the way yeah. from the UK. Yeah, but actually local based, so. Yes, so we'll get into that. Super excited. Thank you so much for all the support so far. It's been amazing. Really motivates us to, to keep going and to make more content for you guys. Thank you for coming on. Happy to be here. Bro. Yeah, you happy? Uh, oh, that's a deep... Well, you're starting deep, man. You're starting deep. Uh, yeah, I'm okay at the moment, yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> he's okay. I'm okay. We'll, we'll take okay, and then by the end of the episode, he's happy. Yes. Yeah? Correct. Because it's still early, that's why, I guess. So, Chris, tell a bit about yourself. You're a UX designer. You're uh, your own entrepreneur. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, I'm trying to be, man. Uh, so, I'm a product designer, better known as UX designer. So, I design software and apps. And uh, I have a business background, came to Vietnam in 2013 for six months and ended up staying here. So I've been here for on and off six years or so, lived in Mexico, lived in Thailand, but really came to Vietnam and uh, my design career kind of picked off. So I've ended up kind of staying. Yeah, that's literally everybody's story of like visiting Vietnam. I was planning on staying for six months and I stayed. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the benefit of me is uh, I have my parents here. So that was another really big uh, motivation to stay. Okay. So you were born in the UK? Yes. Born and bred in the UK. My parents are boat people. So they left Vietnam shortly after the war in 79. And then okay, yeah. they got picked up by a cargo ship in the South China Seas. They went to Hong Kong in a refugee camp. And then because the ship itself, the cargo ship, was a British cargo ship, they got asylum. So there was about 3,000 people that from, from getting picked up by the British actually went to the UK. So I was, basically my parents were the first batch kind of, of Vietnamese immigrants because there wasn't many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's actually quite interesting. Yeah, so I am a, a kid of refugees slash immigrants and they met in the refugee camp or the asylum camp. And yeah, born and bred. Oh, wow. So they didn't leave the country together, but they met during that trip. Ah, this is what you mentioned. You wanted to make a whole video story about like documentary about this, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting. I mean, there's a lot of uh, stories about it. I mean, there's even a podcast called Vietnamese Boat People Podcast or something like that. So, um, but I, I think it's unique uh, in terms of where they were before the war, like what happened before their war in their life, and then what happened during and then after. They've lived such like a ridiculous life in in terms of how we compare ourselves like we're like oh we went through hardship but we really don't know what hardship is right yeah yeah like these days like i always say i had like the easiest life ever mm. to be honest and what i noticed is that people that went through hardship usually have not necessarily higher success rate but they they're they're prone to to the grind they're like they want to succeed more and things like that apparently there's like a statistic that all the like a big percentage of this millionaires, their dads died early. Wow. Yeah, because they want to prove they can do it. Um, yeah, 
anyway, that's a side note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just took a deep dive into uh, some depressing shit. Yeah. Uh, okay, good. So yeah, a bit the essence of the podcast is about uh, goals, full potential, uh, things like that. So I, I kind of want to know, like, long term and like right now, what are your goals in life? Uh, so starting with a heavy hitting question, uh, what am I doing short, medium and long? Well, I think short, uh, I really want to, for the business I'm working on to succeed, it's called UX Playbook. Uh, it's basically me making UX education more accessible and affordable, sort of like online boot camp, sort of really expensive, you know, a couple of grand to even start. Uh, I'm making it really, really cheap and hopefully more practical uh, and less hand-holding but I know some education, you do need to do that. So that to succeed in the short term. Because of the pandemic, uh, I previously used to plan a lot. You know, have these five, like even like 12 months, one year, three year, five year, 10 year goals. Now I'm not so sure that these are even useful. Even though looking back, I did nail some of those goals, but my medium and long-term plan would just be to, you know, build some financial freedom uh, and kind of see where it plays out. I, I don't want to be so rigid because I know that having these goals and it morphing is, is, is okay, right? So I'm kind of more fluid now. Yes, yeah, the flexibility that actually create more opportunity. I, I noticed as well, like now I'm, I'm trying a lot of new things, but some when you're very focused on one thing, then you forget about the rest, and sometimes it's the balance that counts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so what I'm as actually asking is, what are more like your aspirations long-term? Like you have your short-term goals, I know even like next week is a big one uh, with the launch. What would be like, for example, your ideal lifestyle down the line in, in three to five years? Yeah, so yeah, I think flexibility, as you mentioned, is really, really key for me. Uh, so like freedom to work on whatever I want to work on without necessarily diving into that daily grind or feeling like that. So um, I don't think it's a nine to five. However, I could be wrong because you need some financial stability in everything you do. So working towards that um, in terms of where I'm going to live, I still don't know. Vietnam is great and I've always loved it. There's something that draws me to this country, um, so we'll see there. But really aspirationally, um, I have like maybe two big goals that I really wanna work on, right? So one is build my own house, right? I've always loved architecture, uh, interior design, so I do wanna get into that. Uh, as a designer myself, I also, I'm really fascinated by the whole field, right? There's so much into it. And Also um, the practical aspects, like the, the woodworks, the metalworks, the electrician. Yeah, and, and some of these like ancient concepts of funneling the wind or like how do you yeah, face yeah. your house in the right direction so you're taking uh, the environment into account and also sustainability. Efficiency, can, yeah. Yeah, so like lo loads of like engineering challenges I think is cool. And because I'm a UX designer or a product designer, it's like we spend our lives designing products for other people. But imagine designing something for yourself that takes you into account and your own priorities, right? So like you'll maybe have the layout of your apartment different to someone else's, but like really optimize how you live and what makes you happy in that space. And so like that challenge is also good. Like where should light switches be placed? A real simple kind of yeah, yeah. exercise, but a lot of places get it wrong. Or maybe it's just wrong 
because it doesn't fit my thing. Or even like just like power plugs, right? Like when they're not where they're supposed to be, it's so low-key, the shittest thing ever. I hate it. Like when you walk into a hotel room and there's no plug next to your bed or not next to the, like the desk where you want to work at, it's like, what's happening? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's just these little things that can be optimized so you just don't have to think about it, right? Things like uh, USB-C plugs from the plug socket itself. So you don't need to bring that whole like stupid adapter or whatever it is, right? Um, so yeah, like I do want to solve that kind of little day frustration for myself. Um, so that's one thing. So the, the dream home project is one thing. Uh, the second thing is uh, I want a, I guess, a design studio or a creative studio. Um, things like um, basically any sort of creative projects that involves design. So it could be you know, this dream home project, it could be designing products for other people, it could be education. Um, so really, um, I guess, yeah, like a, a studio that uses uh, the discipline of design or creativity to make things maybe for other people, for yourself. So like, yeah. Uh, this is like a passion more. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So like, like people like yourself, right? Like, and other people that we've met in the community, uh, everybody has something to bring to the table. Imagine if we band together as a collective, whether or not it is a, a company or just a community. I think it's cool. Uh, I've, because, so it's funny. So my sister's a fashion designer. Uh, turn teacher, and then my cousin's a photographer, and then his sister is a illustrator and an interior designer. So we all have creative backgrounds, right? So it's like, well, why can't we just start something and we'll trust each other? Like, there's a bunch of things you can add to the table to kind of uh, make make this dream a reality. So I've always thought about that, like, how do we do that as an organization or a collective? So that's something that is a bit more fuzzy, but that's definitely something I want to yeah, do. Yeah. So building a community around a similar creative goal. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, yeah. There's, there's always challenges if you turn that into a business. So that's indeed where the, where the tricky comes in. And like, do you really want to make it a business or like a, like a passion project for everyone? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, of course, there's going to be cash cow avenues for any business. So I think right now I'm trying to find that cash cow avenue. So then it's like everything else exactly, is passion. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I totally understand that. Like, I love doing what I do, but uh, you have to make money as well. And if you only do it to make money, then it's a grind and you can lose your passion. That's why I have so many side projects, such as the podcast, that's just for fun and like where you can just let your creativity flow. Yeah, I think I was really lucky. As soon as I found design, I was like, it was my passion and it was my work. So that's the only thing really I know. I've done a lot of jobs that obviously is just for the grind. Yeah. Like it's not um, fulfilling whatsoever. So I understand both sides, but I think if I did end up doing this, sure, it'll probably start with passion, but then lead to something maybe more. Um, but yet again, it's um, exploring. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about your journey within design. Like you worked for bigger companies and now you work for yourself. So how... Like, why and how did that go around? Yeah, so I started in 2013, uh, 2014. I was here in Vietnam and I got my first tech job. So immediately I was like, okay, technology is the industry I want to be in, right? But I ended up doing a lot of sort of design for, for my role. So then I quit and then did some freelancing and then fell into it. Like over that, that one, two-year period, 
I actually got hired for my first design job, right, um, at a company called Tiny Pulse. Then uh, spent a couple of years there, moved to Mexico uh, for this other company, which was really cool. And basically, I think that was where I cut my teeth as a designer, worked there for a couple of years, and then eventually got hired as the head of department at this um, company in Thailand as the head of design, right? And um, so everything was going good, you know. Less than four years, made it to head of design, right? The goal was five years, had a bunch of designers on my team. You know, I, I had hit the goal of the status, quote unquote, right? Like, oh, I can do it now. But then it just like, the company was toxic and I didn't really feel like I made an impact. So I had completed, I checked off a bunch of career goals and it was just like, ah, oh, this isn't really what I wanted. So um, before the whole height of the pandemic in 2020, I decided to quit just to see what happened. The original plan was to just travel, and then um, that kind of went tits up. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like, all right, well, I'll just try this video thing that I've been wanting to do for ages. So then I started making videos and podcasts, and that was really fun for a while. Um, and then I was doing some design jobs here and there. Then I moved back to Vietnam in 2021, and um, things just started to roll. People were asking for consultancy, uh, I had been doing that in my previous jobs anyway, but this was on a bit of a different scale. They would, I, would, I could command more uh, in terms of um, like finances. I could be like, look, pay me what I deserve. I knew my value more because I just yeah. basically ticked off the career goals. So now it's like I'm in an interesting place where I've basically started like four products slash companies in the last 15 14 months. Two of them have made revenue, two of them have not. I read about that, yeah. Yeah. So we got funding on one of them, but we're burning through so much cash that uh, we're probably going to pack it up at the end of the month. Uh, it is what it is. So yeah, so now I'm on a journey of like, okay, so I've started these things. What is the reason why they didn't work? And uh, what do I really like to do? And it turns out that the thing I like the most is actually working the most. How surprising is that, right? It probably probably isn't, right? Uh, but in hindsight, you're kind of like, oh, you're kicking yourself. So it was uh, a way to explore and to start something new. And yeah, so now I'm doing my own thing. Uh, and that's really the, the, the whole journey. Of course, there's lots of ups, ups and downs within that. But I am, yeah, trying to do something I'm passionate about. Still in the design field, not really designing products anymore, but teaching people how to design yeah. products and how to have the career that I have in, in a short space of time, right? Yeah. To condense that learning and to fast track yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's the next step in, in a career, kinda. So one of the reasons I got you on as well is because you're also deep into like a personal development journey, right? Like you wanna improve yourself, you wanna optimize yourself in a way. But then for example, you, you say you got into that consulting role and that's something I'm really interested in right now. Like how did people fall on you or how did you find these people that were looking for consulting? Okay, I've never done biz dev. Like, I don't do it, right? It's just something that I don't do, so it was pure luck. And I feel like most of my career is fairly lucky. Right place, right time. And so, the first consultant role... So, I, I've been doing, like, freelance, and then someone just refers to me, like, oh, Chris does this, right? So, throughout my career, but when I came back, uh, when the lucrative consultant roles came about, literally, this girl from the States found me on LinkedIn, and she was consulting with a company called Momo, the mobile payment service here. And she referred me to someone else who had just got a new gig at Momo as one of the, uh, I guess, the leaders of the business unit, right? So 
yeah, it, it was pretty warm, and she was like, can you do it? I was in quarantine, right? So in a hotel for two weeks, and on the 10th day, she's like, yo, let's have a meeting, and then we spoke about it. She was like, can you do it, like, now? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm in quarantine. So we did it, like, two days after I went out. Uh, and, yeah, like, consultancy-wise, it has just been referral. But before this podcast, we were talking about free work, right? So I had done – I wouldn't say – as much as what, what you mentioned about uh, your strategy for it, but I had done some free work previous to my career, uh, but I also have a habit of sharing online, yeah. right? So I, I'm, you know, I, I like to write sometimes. It's free value. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. That, but that wasn't the goal. It was just like, I found this interesting and I'm learning. So I'm like, I share stuff, I write stuff. Like it's just in a place of curiosity and writing solidifies that for me. Oh, yeah. Right, and it's so much more in the past, you know, hundred days of, of doing it. But for me, it was just like I'm excited. Like I don't mind. Like I'm I'm not private at all with my things that I think about. And if it's cool, I'll share it. And that just basically built momentum over time. So even before I started writing on LinkedIn, I was like three and a half thousand followers. I mean, it's just vanity metrics. But I was like, oh, when did this happen? Vanity metrics. That's a good one. I mean, it is right. Uh, but now it's so much more important because you're trying to build um, awareness of your brand and what you're trying to do. And personal branding is so important now. Mm -hmm. So and then that was a good jumping point for me to, you know, ramp up. Um, especially when you start your own business, right? Before I didn't really care, uh, but now is you have to care, right? If it's going to drive revenue, you have to care. So it was really natural and organic. Uh, but I think it's um, online presence and doing good work with clients. And then that's how, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's just word of mouth. Yeah, 100%. But in a way, like you said, everything was luck. But in the end of the day, you, luck is not just luck. You prepare for that moment by doing all these things, free work or just being out there, right? Yeah. Um, that's just the nature of business. Some people just don't get that. Yeah, but also you can't conflate talent with luck, right? Like, I'm not the most talented individual in terms of the design field, so I understand that, right? Mm. So I, I would say I'm more lucky than talented, mm. right? Because talented people, they don't need to work hard, right? They, they, they're just born and they're good at it and they can do it. Like athletes, some athletes just perform better, right? Yeah. They've got a better physical attribute or whatever. So I, I'm always cognizant of that. Like some people are good at one skill, but what makes you good or better is that you have a compounding effect of different skills, right? So you're good at, you're good at uh, design. You're not the best, but you're good at putting yourself out there. You're good at writing. You're good at copywriting, all that stuff. And that adds up and that bring, in the end of the day brings way more value than just that one skill for certain people, of course. Like this one guy that is really good at design might be very valuable within a company where he gets the direction that, uh, that he needs, but you find your own direction, for example. Yeah, and I think I'm, to, to that point, I'm fairly good at playing to my strengths. Yeah, well, if I'm weak at something, it's not that I don't do it. It's just that sometimes it's easier to focus on your strengths and amplify that, right? And if you build a company, you can outsource the, the ones that you're not as strong at. Yeah, like I hate cleaning, so I definitely outsource it. I do agree with that very much. We talked a little bit about that you're on a personal development journey as well. When did you realize that you wanted or you had to make a change in yourself to actually succeed at what you wanted to do? Or when did that click in your head come? A few points. So I went to university twice. The first time was computer science. The second time was business. But 
I basically got kicked out when I was doing computer science because I just smoked weed all day and didn't do any work. Uh, got into a lot of debt and uh, that was a point where something needs to change. So don't smoke weed, focus on what you actually want to do. So that was one pivotal point. And then another was coming to Vietnam. Because in the UK, it was like, I wasn't doing too much. I didn't really have a career focus. I just wanted to get a job. I guess like everybody else, kind of just like, just get a job and, you know, do the grind nine to five, right? And then when I came to Vietnam, it was like a fresh start. It was like a reset. And then finding what I wanted to do, obviously, all of my focus and motivation was funneled into that. So I just really liked that. So that, I think at that point in my life, um, things just worked out. And I knew that there needed to be a change. Maybe not at the time, but I could feel it coming and, and was actively like pursuing that. And then, yeah, from there, I think it's also people you meet along the journey um, that kind of influence you and uh, teach you things about yourself and teach you things about how to approach life. So I think those were two pivotal points. Yeah. And besides like moving to Vietnam, for example, or dropping out of uni, what were like the first steps you took to to improve yourself? I don't know. I think it for me, it's always about change. I think that's really the trigger. The first step to improve myself, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a really good question. I, I don't know if I've ever broken it down, but if I'm just thinking out loud, probably uh, to do with uh, soaking in different types of content. I think you are what you consume. So it's really about you know, finding things that interest you that leads to different ways of thinking or having new conversations, things like that, like who you talk to and also the things that you watch or hear or read online. Yeah, and maybe not the first one, but what has been like the, the biggest effect on you, the change that you made? The biggest effect yeah. in terms of change? Personally, right? Yeah, or even business, like whatever change that you consciously or unconsciously made did make a big effect. I think it's just putting yourself out there. I don't know if I did that enough when I was younger. Um, yeah, I, I think that was it. Just kind of like being okay with being a bit uncomfortable sometimes and just being like, yeah, I can do it. Just like, who cares, right? Yeah, and probably like that, nothing's going to be perfect from the start and just go with it and then develop from there. Exactly, and I think that is why I like design so much because it's the spirit of iterative, yeah. right? It's never perfect. Even if you're a perfectionist, you've always got to kind of one step at a time. Yeah, and with design, is like an instant feedback as well. That's yeah. what's very interesting about that, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because everybody can judge and say, I don't like it. It's, you know, it's very subjective yeah. in a sense. But also, yeah, it is that uh, feedback loop that happens uh, instantaneously. Yeah, and it's the same with, uh, like, and you haven't mentioned on the podcast, but you've been on a long journey of writing. And that's also one of the instant feedback loops, right? Like what works, what doesn't work, what does get engagement, what does get viral, things like that. Um, how did you get into writing more? I think it was like creating content first. So it was like me doing, in 2020, doing videos and, and podcasts. And there, there's some element of writing to it. I've written articles before, just like kind of, just because I wanted to. And those were kind of very short bursts of energy. But this was definitely more consistent. So over the last 100 plus days, I've been writing every day. 
And uh, how did I get into it? Well, because if you want to create a personal brand, there's a few ways to do it, or there's a few types of content out there. And writing is actually the, I would say, the easiest to get started and the easiest to publish. There's not that much post-production work. So it was just like committing to do it and, um, and trying to you know, raise awareness of what you're doing. So that's really how I got into it. And then obviously following a lot of other creators that preach about good writing and what it did for their career. Yeah, awesome. What would be for you a metric of success or what does success mean to you? Um, I think it means a bunch of things. I think fulfillment in what you do, um, for me, is also having freedom and creativity to work on projects you like and to explore different avenues of work or, or thinking or something that's just fun, right? Not necessarily needs to be profitable or whatever. Um, I think another thing that I've learned in the past couple of years is helping other people. I think that's a huge success. Having the ability to help those around you is um, a really good metric for success. I think reciprocity, right? Um, you help others, they help you, right? But you, you shouldn't think about it like that, but... Subconsciously, you do. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I call it karma points. Karma points, there you go, there you go. Um, with everything I do, and it's, it's like maybe like a narcissistic way of thinking about it, but... It's, it's just a push to do it more and more and, and obviously it helps a lot of people and what you give, you receive in a different way perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, I guess you're trading value, right? And not necessarily that you want value back, but it's also nice to help people. You feel good about it. That's why people do it, right? Yeah. They're not necessarily, they're like, oh, I'm going to extract something back. Exactly, yeah. But if it, if it feels good, then do it. Like, why not? Yeah, right. 100%. Mm. So throughout your, like obviously you had a, a pretty crazy journey or a very eventful journey through where we are right now. Who has been a major influence on you to who, to what you are right now? I would say my ex-manager, Wendy Johansson. Uh, she was definitely a big influence on me. She was my manager at WiseLine. Uh, she's a complete rock star. Uh, you know, made VP at 32. Um, and yeah, worked for a bunch of really good companies, uh, worked with a guy called John Mader, basically one of the grandfathers of UX of computational design, uh, worked at Amazon and, uh, is a big fan of, um, building educational businesses and initiatives. So I definitely take a lot of inspiration from her. She gave me great opportunities, always pushed me to do better. Um, I don't speak to a as much as I need to, but she's definitely a huge influence uh, at the short time we work together. Yeah. Definitely her. I think um, also friends around me, seeing what they did, um, like in terms of how they structure their lives, how they plan for goals, uh, and how they're just sponges for soaking in knowledge. I think it, I, yeah, it's hard to pinpoint one person but attributes from different people, which is like really interesting. Awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Is there an event that also shaped you uh, to who you are? Getting into debt at uni. Yeah. Uh, moving to Vietnam yeah. and then quitting my job in 2020. Those yeah. are the three major sort of knowledge, career changing life, like big life events. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can clarify, yeah. Were they very conscious moves? 
Uh, I mean, maybe getting into depth wasn't really... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, yeah, no. Um, yeah, it was like a slap in the face. So, yeah, getting to debt was just like a realization that your life is pretty bad and you're in a downward spiral. Uh, so to get out of it and to then be more concrete on what you want to do and take charge. So that was getting into debt. Moving was also like there needs to be a change somewhere, right? Or like if things aren't working out, then you need to adapt and you need to put yourself maybe into the deep end or say yes to more opportunities. And then quitting was literally like, look, if you're not happy, fucking do something about it and take that bold leap of faith, right? Like, and the, the good thing is I was in a okay place with the whole quitting thing. It wasn't like I was really struggling. I had planned sort of the next 12 months of, okay, it's okay not to work. Just take some time. So it, some of it was conscious, some of it wasn't, but there was definitely clear signals that said something needs to happen. Yeah, 100%. Do you uh, compare yourself with other people? Oh, constantly. It's hard not to, right? Yeah, yeah it's hard not to. Uh, be it age, similar background, same interest. Uh, people online is the easiest, right, to, to compare yourselves to. Yeah, I mean, I try not to because I think I've always been a bit of an outsider. Sort of like that's kind of how I was brought up, right? You're... You're of a different race, born in a different place, so you always feel like an alien. When you come back to the place that you think you belong, you don't actually belong, right? There's a whole culture shock of like, you ain't Asian? And I was like, ah, oh, shit, right? Like, whatever, whatever the thing is, right? So there's always been sort of an outsider mentality. I like to look at what other people are doing and maybe do things a little bit differently. So comparing is one thing, but I like to be like, oh, no, I'm different. Like, I'm trying to be cool or whatever, whatever the thing is. So I don't try, I don't do it as much. I just take an inspiration from what they do and yeah. what I can do. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. This is like, does it bring you down or is it more like a motivation to do better? I think it's more of a motivation to do better, but you get into this downward cycle, especially because I've been spending a lot of time on social media recently just because I'm trying to build this brand. Um, yeah, you have to step away from that whole side that negativity side, like how you think, right? And uh, But I would say in general, it's motivating. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What are three tips that you could give someone to start improving their life right now, the quality of their life? First is be careful what you consume. Like you are what you eat, same with information. So try to stay away from trashy information first. Uh, that will change hopefully the way you think and perceive the world based on the inputs, the, then the outputs come. The second piece is be mindful of who you're spending your time with. I know it sounds a bit like weird, but it does influence you in more ways than one, right? Yeah. Like we have this tribe mentality, right? You are the, the sum of the seven people or whatever the amount of number is. So be cognizant of that input. Not only is it information, yeah. but also that energy and flow around I do you. totally agree with that. And funny enough, recently I've been focusing really hard on that and it actually has immediate effect. Mm. It's not stupid, it's, it's how it is. Yeah, I mean like my friends are my friends, I still love them, but we sometimes just kind of grown like 
out of, you know, like we've grown in different ways and I think that's still okay. It's depending on the goals you have and what you want to achieve, right? If you just want to lay back and hang out, then if that's what you want to do, is that your goal long term? Go for it. But if you really want to build towards your goals actively and preferably in a short enough time, who do you need to hang out with to, to reach those goals? If, if you're going to go out drinking every weekend, it's not really building towards the success you're looking for, right? Yeah. And also, don't be so hard and strict on yourself. Like, there are friends for different types of things you do. You have your basketball friends, you have your drinking friends, you have your personal development dudes, or you have your business guys. Like, so, you know, you, you can be multiple groups, right? So, like, depending on what you want to do, you can then funnel that energy into that. But don't just be one thing. Be a bunch of different things and spend your time with people that aligned to your goal, as you said, and your values or whatever yeah. they are. Yeah. And be conscious about it. That's, yeah. that's I think, what's most important. Yeah. Like, like, it's important to relax as well. Mm-hmm. Do that with these type of people, uh, but don't expect them to come up with business advice. Right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. exactly. Number three? Number three is uh, just, just do it, which is like very cliche, but you need to take charge, take action, and you need to actively pursue something and not just actively pursue something for the sake of pursuing it because everybody tells you but it be aligned with whatever you want to do or find interesting so explore curiosity and do it like there's a lot of people that i know that love to you know soak in information and you know consuming content is super passive right there's nothing active about it right so the way i learn not only do i consume but i try it and I probably am one of those people that don't know much, but would try it. And then, and then the questions come out more, like they're more prominent. And therefore, you can learn from it way easier than if you just soak in all this information, but it really has no legs and it doesn't go anywhere because, you know, you're not building something, creating something. So, like, do that. Right? Yeah, take action. Take action, yeah. Awesome. That's great advice. We're almost ready to wrap up here. What's your favorite piece of content? educational content that's also fun so i like content that gives like that i can learn from but in in a in a way that's like accessible and approachable yeah yeah like i mentioned to you before this that i really like johnny harris yeah like it's more i I guess it's like 95 percent educational and it breaks down really complex topics into like simple understandable human language uh but sometimes he has fun with it right it is not that serious, and I think education is uh, quite personal, so it might not work for everybody, but for me, that's kind of the stuff I like to consume all the time. Yeah, and if you had to come up with one book or one video or something that, that you really love, what would it be? This is hard, but on the top of my mind, this is, this is not the best, but it's a talk that Eddie Huang did, a TED talk that Eddie Huang did. So he is a Taiwanese-American chef, streetwear designer, author, and like producer. He makes movies now. And he did a talk based on, I think, I think the title of the talk is called Me, Myself, and I. And it basically talks about his learning experience in America, being an immigrant kid and how he learned. And it has the intersection of hip-hop taught him so much more than the school system and, he, and how he catered his own education uh, within the context of what he loved. 
And that spoke to me in a way that so many other things didn't, uh, because I feel like we have similar backgrounds, we have similar interests, uh, and uh, you know, he's a smart kid. So it, it just he framed it in such a way that was like a very yeah, very intrinsically motivating. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Probably also very close to your background. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. And then um, to wrap up. Do you have a favorite quote? If you want to learn how to swim, get in the water. Comes back to the third tip. That's great. That's a really good one. And then uh, for the people that want to follow you, where can we best look you up, follow you, content? Sure. So you can follow me on LinkedIn, just my name, Christopher Wing. Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, at SemiGrownKid. Awesome. That will also be in the description down below. Thank you so much. This was great. Um, I'll stay in touch. Cool. Enjoyed it.